0: Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. I'm Arthur Staple. Over there uh, on the other side of, not not the table here, that would be a proper radio <laughs> show, but on the, about midway across the country is Mark Parrish. How you doing?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, as always. Um, we've got a nice show for you today. Uh, we only had the one game, and it was another disappointing low offense loss for the Islanders uh, on Wednesday in Colorado. Tonight is John Tonelli night, and uh, we can talk a little about uh, banner raisings, since Mark, I believe, was on the ice for the last one, last time they did I one of these. what wa- a little I while was. Ago. <laughs> um, and an opponent that the Islanders can probably score a few goals on in the Red Wings. So um, there's still no extra trades beyond the one they made uh, last week to get Andy Green. Still a lot of stuff out there, with four days to go till the deadline. Uh, and then on the back end of the show, uh, a Brief interview with uh, a very familiar voice and face around the Islanders, Mr. Josh Hosang. Went up to Bridgeport uh, earlier this week and sat down with Josh for a few minutes. As always, had a lot of interesting things to say, which we will catch you up on uh, and you can listen to, and then we'll probably break it down a little bit about whether Josh can, uh, can still help this team because he does provide offense, uh, which is something they desperately need. So um, another tough loss in Colorado that game looked a little bit like uh, some of their other losses recently, where they were back on their heels early, gave up a goal, and one goal to these guys seems to feel like ten right now. And I'm <laughs> sure you, I'm sure you've been there. Um, maybe not with a team that's had as much success this season. It's pretty wild to think that uh, they set a franchise record with their 17 game point streak, going 15-0 and two earlier in the year, and this road trip set a record or tied a record for futility, uh, going back to the inaugural 12. 12- <laughs> 12 win 72 73 season with two goals in a four game stretch um, it's uh, it's been a weird one right now and the Islanders are are kind of in a funk it's they're down to 500 over the the 38 games since their 17 game point streak ended and um, a couple days to go till the deadline a couple games to go till the deadline um, you know if you're Lou lamarello mark what what are you thinking and and what are you planning to do
1: ah oh. You gotta make me be Lou. You always wanted oh, to be a GM, so let's no, see. No, not <laughs> once. I just want to be a player. No, you know what? It's it's a tough situation. Um, you, you sit back and you look at the year that they had last year, and maybe they were a little bit of overachievers. Now, watching what they're going through this year uh, with the their struggle with consistency, uh, to me, it just shows a bit of, uh, and I don't just loose loose term immature team uh good teams mature teams teams that are not just looking at the playoffs looking to go for the stanley cup that they find consistency and that's what this year is for the islanders uh And you know, and sometimes it just happens. They had a great year last year and maybe this year they just kind of fell back to earth or uh, their heads got a little bit too big, whatever it may be doing. But it just seems that the the, the peaks and the lows this year, the peaks and the valleys uh, are just, they're so steep. Uh, that that maybe they're still struggling with their identity a little bit. Maybe it has something to do with the uh, the injuries, uh, the confidence from last year. Maybe it's the the goalie. Whatever the situation ha- is, it just it's 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 an odd year. It it doesn't seem to make sense. The only thing I can say about it is sometimes these years just happen to good teams where they just can't find their groove.
0: Yeah, and I think you know there's always a lot of emotional reactions to. To bad to, to a bad stretch, and I've seen plenty yeah. of them. Whether it's on Twitter or the comments on my articles, um, you know, people screaming they should sell, which we think we've talked about. This team is yeah. not going to sell because no. yeah, they don't have much to sell, and they've already bought <laughs> five yeah. days five days ago. They they got a thirty seven year old <laughs> defenseman uh, that doesn't scream selling. They do have a ton of cap space, and so I I still think, uh, and as something that I'd written not long ago. That there's a way to be a buyer and a seller if you're the if the thing that you're selling is cap space to a team that that may have something major they want to do, but they're constrained by the by the salary cap. That's a lot of teams right now. I mean, I think mm. um, teams like Toronto and Vegas managed to get around it with some trades that they made recently with the use of uh, long-term injured reserve. But uh, but there might be some other teams out there that that feel like they want to do something, shake things up, or or get that one piece that's going to put them over the top and and uh, they're constrained by the cap uh, and the Islanders are sitting down there. I think uh, right now cap friendly has them around with, they can add up to $17 million in contracts safely before the deadline. Um, so I don't think uh, that, I think that's really the only thing and that's a way to recoup assets, whether it's at 2021 second rounder to take a bad contract off of somebody's hands or, or another uh, prospect. Um, but that, it's a short window to try to do that in, so uh, I think I think the simplest answer is the is the easiest one that Lou is probably looking to add a forward. I don't know if it's going to be a big name forward. I think um, some very reputable people, guys like Elliot Friedman and our Rangers colleague Rick Carpinello, have both mentioned this week that the Islanders had put in a call to the Rangers about Chris Kreider, who's probably the best uh, rental guy available out there. Yep. Um, but it would take a lot. You know, you're talking either your first round pick for sure. Uh, which I don't imagine the Islanders who are sitting on the playoff bubble right now are too excited to give up. Or you're talking maybe giving up Noah Dobson, who's probably the most coveted prospect they have, even though he's in the NHL. And I can't imagine that those are real starters for Lou So they, they'd have to get creative. You might end up having to include somebody off your current roster, which if you're going to give the Rangers something, they probably want a forward. I mean, Dobson's the best prospect, but if they want somebody off a roster, they want a forward because they're loaded with young D Um and I don't see how that fits for the for the Islanders, where they've they've struggled to score goals, and then suddenly you're yeah. taking one of your top six or top nine guys. That you know Anthony Beauvillier is probably the first guy that comes to mind, and he's had a pretty good year. And you take him off your roster and put Chris Kreider, in, I think you're still back at square zero there because you've you've created a hole to to fill in a, a different one. Um, so you know, I I don't imagine that Lou is sitting idly by. Um, you know, the team was traveling back yesterday from from Denver. Uh, they've got the game tonight. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, there could be something that has happened. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I still sort of feel like uh, with Sezekis and Clutterbuck on the way and then maybe the next two to three weeks that uh, if they feel like they have a chance to make the playoffs, this is still the core group that they have. And when you see guys like Anders Lee – who uh, I think deflected one off the post on Wednesday in Colorado. Um, Matthew Barzell. that line is still creating a lot. Uh, Brock Nelson's line had an okay night, but it's not really like they're just sort of skating in circles and never have the puck. Those guys are generating quite a bit, especially the last couple of games. Um, so maybe Lou's thinking, we can still get in the playoffs with this group, and I don't need to tinker with it too much because chemistry is a, is a big deal to to both Lou and Barry Trotz. Um and this is the, te- you know, the, you know other than guys like Sezekis and Clutterbuck and Adam Pellick, this is the team. The core of this team is still running out there every night, and um, those guys aren't going anywhere. The, the guys like Lee and Nelson and Eberly who were just signed, and Varlamov, who actually has been really good these last three games. Um, too bad he's got nothing to show for it. But uh, it's definitely an interesting spot. Weird is a good way to describe this year because uh, (laughs) I I would have said before this trip happened that that Lou was definitely going to go out and get an Andy Green type and then go out and get uh, a depth center wing to try to make things a little bit more orderly in the bottom six, a little bit more consistent for for trots. But now I don't know. Now I don't – you know, I think the the only – maybe the biggest sign – um, that Lou could put up is if he does nothing and says that I think that would be the equivalent of selling because then you're just saying we're either going to get in and we're not and then we'll take it
1: you know we'll see what we can do in the off offseason and, and to to go back to, to the Crider to make that decision decision is got to it's a, it's like flipping a coin, impossible, uh, because of the character, the chemistry, everything like that. You, you you're talking about the core, the guys that have kind of competed against him, and all of a sudden, like, oh wait, we need this guy. The good thing about that is, I'm the older '90s, early 2000s player that that would get offended by that. Nowadays, in this league, the way it's uh, the way it's kind of just moved on, it, it doesn't seem to be as big of deal. Uh, to bring in a rival like, ah, you don't want to make a trade and bring in a rival guy. If, if it works for your team, I, what, I, I'm assuming it has to have something to do with the salary cap is my guess. Uh, but if it works out for both, for both teams, I could actually see that happening. don't think it's going to but but I could see it happening because it's just again that's the the Lou and the chemistry and the the team aspect of everything he's done from New Jersey the way he treats the core the way he treats his team to bring in uh, maybe not the best of words an enemy like that into the locker room it's 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 just such an odd it's an odd thought for me from for where I, from where I played in the NHL when I played in the NHL and, and and thinking about the Rangers and the Islanders making a trade like that, but somehow I can see it.
0: <laughs> well, I don't. I think Lou is uh, you know I I think those barriers have kind of been broken a little bit. I mean, you look the Islanders and Devils in your era were probably bigger rivals than the Islanders and Rangers because the Devils were the best team in the area. Um, But uh, he goes right out and makes a trade with them, and it's sort of, you know, that's not that big a deal because the Devils are struggling and the Islanders are are up a little higher. But So you sort of say, well, if they can do that, why can't the Islanders and Rangers do it? And, um, you know, I think there's other barriers to that Kreider deal. And obviously, if you're giving up the other part, if you're giving up a first-round pick, or a huge uh, prospect or a player off your roster you want to have a shot to sign this guy and it doesn't sound like the Rangers are giving anybody any window to to talk to him about a contract so you're flying blind and and that to me is when you're talking about enemies that's the biggest consideration is Chris Kreider who's been battling with the Islanders and their fans for almost a decade. Going to say, yeah, I think I'll sign a seven-year deal with these guys. That sounds great. <laughs> I don't need to think about it too much. So I think that's that's another that's another risk you're taking if you're making that deal is that you're giving up guaranteed young assets or prospect or, or pick uh, that's going to be a good one, and you don't know what you're getting beyond this year. So um, you know, there's definitely some other guys out there. A story I posted. This morning, there's there's some other guys that you would consider to be big swings. There's Brandon Saad in Chicago. They seem like they're kind of out of it now after that loss last night to the Rangers. Yeah. Florida seems to be uh, on the hunt for a top-four defenseman in a very desperate way. They, oh. Vinny Trocek, his name has been thrown out there. Mike Hoffman, more of a rental guy. Um, and maybe in Nashville, if they've decided they want to move on from Mikhail Granlund, he's kind of a, a guy who would alter the, the Islanders in a big way. But the cost is not, you know, cost for Chris Kreider seems to be high. I, I don't think the cost is going to yeah. be cheap for these other guys either. Kyle Palmieri in New Jersey has a year left on his deal. Saad has a year left. Trocheck has two years. So unless um, unless Lou is suddenly soured on Noah Dobson, or he decides that he can alter the chemistry of their D in a major way by, say, trading Nick Letty, who's got a couple years mm-hmm. left, and may end up in this summer being a more expendable piece once Adam Pellick is back healthy. Um, But that doesn't fit his M.O. either to just sort of like take a big hatchet to a team that that's really their strength is their back end. So, um, you know, there's a lot to there's a lot to consider with uh, with trades. Well, we'll move on quickly before we get into our uh, our Josh Hosang interview and talk a little bit about tonight. Uh, John Tonelli night number 27 going to the rafters, even though it's going to stay on Anders Lee's back for as long as he's an Islander. Yeah. Tell me about your experience standing on the ice uh, back when it was—I uh, believe oh. it was number number nineteen—that that, it, w- that it, went to the rafters when you were yeah. here.
1: Yep, that Trottier fellow. Uh, it was uh, surreal. It, it was incredible. We all uh, going into the game, obviously, for we knew it was going to happen. Uh, all got to wear Trache 19 jerseys. We all got to wear the C on our chest. I'm not going to lie to you. That was kind of cool. I uh, Just like that, even though it wasn't the right name on the back, or my name on the back, I should say. Uh, and being part of it, uh, it's a special moment. It's a special night. Uh, I hope these young guys... The, the the great thing for me is I grew up watching Brian Trottier. Uh He was... Probably the best two-way player in the game at that time. I remember a quote from Gretzky, I think, saying that uh, he'll never be as good as Trache if he doesn't win a Stanley Cup, uh, which I think is probably the highest honor you could get as a centerman. Sure. Uh, and it was it was surreal. It was just uh, being out there doing ups. I don't even remember honestly, and I don't even remember who we played or if we won or lost. Uh, standing out there, watching him do a speech, watching that banner go up uh, is something that we all dream about and know that like a 0.001% actually get. Uh, and, and to see how classy he was, to see how thankful he was, uh, not just to the organization, not just to you know Mr. Tory and his, his his teammates, you know, because because Potvin's out there, Gilly's out there, all those guys that already have their numbers uh, up in the rafters were out there and seeing how emotional they got. You understand what made that team great for so many years. They cared so much about each other and long island that, that, that's why most of them are still living out there and that's it's just to see that uh deep passion for the game is is inspiring uh, we hope that we have that same feeling for it and we want to give that all and we want to be those kind of players. But then now that I'm old enough to go through it, you realize how special those players are. The numbers he puts up, four cups in a row, one series away from five Stanley Cups in a row. Uh, it, it, that's thats mind-boggling. It's it's hard to kind of wrap my mind around it since I never won one playoff round. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, and I think you met, as you mentioned, there'll be some special guests there too. And Jigs McDonald will be back to to MC it. It's uh, it's also the first time I think all of those guys are going to be together since uh, since the passing of both Al Arbour and Bill Tory yeah. within the last few years. So I think that makes it even more special, and it's kind of a a reminder that um, that you know we it's been a long time since this group uh, achieved what they achieved and. Um, it's nice to kind of put a bow on it between this, this one tonight and then Butch Goring next week, uh, his 91 going to the rafters. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talked about retiring numbers a while ago. I think one of the, you know, maybe Brent Sutter deserves uh, a nod, uh, maybe Kenny Morrow, who was kind of the, the the, you know, one of those last piece guys when he came in from the Olympics. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, I think the. Th- this kind of closes the circle a little bit on the real core guys, and it's um, yeah. you know it'll uh, it'll be a special night for sure. So um, that's coming up tonight, and coming up next, we'll hear from Josh Hosang. Always an interesting uh, conversation, and this one is definitely uh, one of those. Before we get to our interview with Josh Hosang, let's talk a little bit about DraftKings. The stage is set, lights are bright, and the fighters are ready. DraftKings Sportsbook is here to help you get in on all of this weekend's title fight action. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, offers a full betting experience including pregame, in-game, and futures betting. Not only are there special odds for the title fight happening in Las Vegas this weekend, your New Jersey Devils are continuing to make a playoff push when they take on the Capitals this Saturday. DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter code QUICK and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. How's the last, uh, I think it's been six weeks since you back? Eight weeks? Mm-hmm. Big How's it been going? Hey.
2: Hey. That's so the plan. uh, the the world, but it's nice I that the save it tomorrow. team's been, uh, we're just over five hundred since I've been here. Well, it's nice that I could, uh, I'm, you know, make a difference in the lineup. Uh, you know, I uh, I'm happy that yeah, some of the younger guys are playing. since i trying to talk to them and help them out. Uh, it seems like the team's headed in the right direction now, which is good. That's all I came back you're to do. So uh, help my friends. Uh, uh, part <laughs> you know, I know uh, the so first half of spinning. the season was tough for them. Yeah. But
0: oh yeah, 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 To be yeah. able to come back and we help really make a back difference the difference in any way it was, it was my intention. Yeah.
2: Uh, we have been trending in the right direction. Yeah. So, uh, not so, not I, so I think everyone's playing.
0: How tough was it to get up to speed when you got here? It
2: was easy. I didn't really have any issues. Um, it's more like, it's more the, the three and threes that can be like a little bit hard, mm. but it's like pretty easy. I, I've like, it's been like weird since I've been back in the like first couple of games. Like my first three games I was fine and then I got a really little banged up and then I was sick and then, for a bit, I came like, back, and, and like everything I did had to like redo, mm-hmm. it was like a bit tough mentally, but it was like fun, you know, like uh, it's great support staff here, everybody's been really kind, and, uh, so just being able to try to focus on and it's, it's been nice.
0: What was the uh, months you were back home like? Awesome, awesome, That's fun at home. I uh, spend some
2: time with my family I, um, I think people understand but they don't really understand like how um, much we're away from home, especially the kids who go to junior. Uh-huh. It was like most time I spent with my family. And, like, Very good thing it wasn't a breakaway seven or eight years, it's, it's, uh, it's nice, you know, like, obviously, like, I'd rather be playing hockey, but it's nice to, like, have those moments where, like, people mean the most to you and have an opportunity to uh, just, like, reconnect with them and, you know, uh, build your friendships and, and your relationships with your family again and, you know, be able to really talk to them and... See how everyone's really nice for me to be there for my little brother. Um, and when when he needed me and I was really grateful for that.
0: What um, when you left did you think you'd ever be back? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't ask to
2: I didn't ask to leave. Yeah, I was told to go home. Um, it's like a complicated situation, and, and uh, you know, like I, I don't know, it was, it was weird. It was, it, was a, it was a weird situation, and then I just ended up being home for a long time, and uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't really hearing anything from anyone here in terms of like where my uh, immediate future was, was headed. And so I was keeping tabs on the, the Bridgeport team. Honestly, like, if they were doing better, I wouldn't have come back because like, I didn't want to disrupt anything. and you know, I, I understood that I'd been home for a while, but I saw that the team was doing poor, really. And I thought that they might be able to use like a spark and so they could like maybe turn the season around a little trend in the right direction and so like that was ultimately what made my decision to come back and ask Lou and he was like really receptive um yeah stuff at the beginning of the year was like really complicated but um you know for me like like I said like I don't uh, I'm not overly concerned about it like I had a great time with my family and yeah, I'm usually doing well at the start of the season. And they continue to do well, and uh, that's all I've ever you know, wanted for them to, to succeed. And whether it be with me or without me, so uh, it was always nice to see them succeeding at the start of the year. Uh, and uh, and my concern kind of turned forward to, to Bridgeport, and help uh, them succeed and uh, have everyone trending in the right direction.
0: Just work has where where your head been at? I mean, I imagine you've, you've kind of run the, the full range of thoughts and emotions from the time that you made your request and they requested that you not be here to come back to being here and, you know, thinking about the future. What, you know, what's kind of the dominant thought for you and feeling for you? Um,
2: I don't know. It's like I like very like like I said it was a very complicated situation like I asked for a trade last year towards like towards a trade probably around the same time now (coughs) like last year and um, they told me they couldn't do it and then I didn't ask for a trade again and and then I didn't make the team at camp and uh, Lou was very like receptive and very proud of like the steps that I took. I I worked on myself a lot in the summer. I you know, did some did some therapy and, you know, tried to figure out myself more than anything. It's like ultimately you're you're what you can control. And um so I thought that, that was really really good for me. I was really happy to do that. And then when I came back, uh to make the team, and he said I understand. That, you know, you didn't want to play in Bridgeport, and that's something we talked about when I signed the, the contract initially. And so was like, "I'm going to try to help you get out of here." And then uh, I think I just kind of got uh, lost in the weeds. And I understand. Like, I'm not his. I'm not his biggest concern. He's got a team full of guys who. And a team that was doing really well at the start of the season, and that was his main focus. And so I don't fault, I don't fault anyone in the situation. Like I understand that it's just the business of, the uh, hockey and stuff. So I just hung out at home, and my head, uh, my head was, is, is been in a good place. Like I have no resentment or no ill will towards anyone here. I love. I love everyone in this organization as a as a person. I think that they have a lot of uh, a lot of good people uh, in the Adler organization, and uh, a lot of great human beings in terms of like players and stuff. And so, for me, it was it wasn't a difficult decision to come back. Like I told you, what kind of went into my decision was the team. If both teams were doing really well, then I probably would have just stayed home. Um, and, but that wasn't the case and, and I thought that I could make a difference and whenever you have an opportunity to I guess help anyone in general do your best to do it so, so I came
0: back And just what do you think the future holds for yeah. you whether it's this season or thinking into the off season or you're just kind of focused on the now
2: um, Yeah I'm kind of just I just focused on now and I know that the trade deadline is coming up and uh, you were, not, you were five we can do. I know what to do know It's not that he can't, he's going to do whatever he wants. And whatever happens. Happens like I'm I'm not overly concerned about other people anymore. You know, like I I spent uh too much of my life being worried about like decisions being made and things going on I'm just here to play hockey and if they want to play me and they want to use me like I'm super happy to to help and uh, participate in whatever uh, manner they need me to and and, uh, you know ready to be a part of whatever team that that I'm on. And since I've been back, I've been doing my best to, to do that here. And uh, if I get traded, I'll do my best to do it there. If I get called up, I'll do my best to do it there. It's
1: uh, I, I am a
2: hockey player who greatly believes in my services, what I can offer to a team uh, in terms of helping Offense in general, I think that since I've been back in Bridgeport, our numbers have been much better in terms of scoring, and and I think that that's just what like I I bring to the table, you know, and like um, I I would be willing to to bring that anywhere, uh, whenever it's needed and in terms of the the end of the season I mean that's a that's a decision that I really haven't made yet because I haven't I haven't looked that far in the future but uh I hope the best for for the team up top and I hope that if they do make trades that they get whatever they need whether I'm involved or not I I hope that they they get the pieces that they need to be uh, as successful as they have been and um in terms of here, my focus is just making everyone around me better and, and helping this team continue in the, the winning call.
0: Okay, well, um, some interesting, uh, very interesting tidbits as always. Whenever I talk to Josh, uh, and he's always unfailingly honest. I think to the <laughs> to the chagrin of uh, of uh, Alan Furing, who's the Bridgeport uh, PR guy, and then everyone else up the PR food chain all the way on, up to Lou. Um, but I think the, the main things to take away from that uh, that chat that I had with Josh, um, he didn't ask for a trade when he was waived at the end of camp. He had asked for a trade around this time last year, he said. Um, and I'd actually gone up there to talk to him around this time. And he had said, well, you know, if they trade me, that's fine. And I think a lot of fans sort of took that to mean that I was sort of leading him. And we, we had a headline that said, you know, I was saying okay with being dealt, and people were like, "Well, he didn't say that." It's like actually, it turned out he asked for a trade back then. So um, that trade request has been hanging out for a long time. Um, and he said, uh, you know, he was he was asked by Lou to stay home while he tried to work on a trade in the last few months, and then his decision to to call Lou and call Chris Lamorello and ask to come back, he says, was motivated by. Bridgeport struggles. That they you know, they've had a couple bunch of forwards hurt. They've had a couple guys called up. I'm sure that there was some some more um, selfish motives for Josh that he wanted to get back playing because I'm sure he started to understand that uh, no one is going to want him Islanders or otherwise with him not playing. And we've talked about that plenty of times. Um, but interesting to hear him say that um, that he chose to come back because he felt like he could help the team and uh, and seeing. The Islanders win and seeing Bridgeport win uh, is is still something that he he cares quite a bit about. So you know it it very enigmatic conversation. But uh, but what do you make of some of those uh, some of those points, Mark?
1: A uh, little confused to be honest with you. Um, if once you ask for a trade, you want out. What, yeah. Whether it's a year ago, a month ago, a week ago, yesterday. You can't take that back. And I think that's something that I, everyone that's paying attention to this situation should take note. You asked for a trade a year ago. And now, well, now things have changed. Now I want back in. Uh, you know, his message, his, his interviews, what he said is he's trying to to be publicly correct and trying to be PC, trying to to kind of smooth it over with the fans. But at the same time, uh, how much has he shown to be part of this organization? It's not that, he needs to work and he, he's not answering questions where, hey, look, uh, I just want to do my best. I want to find my game. I want to work on the pieces of my game that are missing so I can be part of this organization, that I can be part of the drive for five. There's nothing that I hear about that. It's It's been all about him like, oh, wait, no, no, that was yes, last year. No, no, that, that was last year. that That, that doesn't matter. Now I want to be part of that. That doesn't work.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I think it's – first of all, I, you know, I think maybe we started off thinking at the beginning of the show when we were talking about what can the Islanders do. I mean, they could also call somebody up um, and, be you know, take the simpler route rather than going out and expending assets and making a trade. Really, they don't have a lot of options in terms of forwards, but Josh is one of them. He's played in the NHL yeah. over, the, you know, periods, portions of three years. He's had success scoring – producing points at the NHL level and at the AHL level. He's got eight, I think, in 14 games so far with Bridgeport. So he knows how to do that. It's the rest of it that's been the problem. Um, So when you have all of these ups and downs, does this organization get to a point where they say, we need him? I mean, he, he clearly needs them to be able to showcase his abilities to them or someone else going into next year. But is there a scenario where you can see where he comes up at the end
1: of the season to help them try to make the playoffs? Oh, uh, that's a tough call. I, I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't see it with, with Lou and watching how he's worked for the 20 years. Um, I, I just don't see it. And the worst part about with what he said publicly, what he's done publicly is it makes it harder to move him. Other teams are watching that and listening. Well, is he going to come in and be that critical? Is he just going to kind of step back and uh, more or less? uh, He's showing the rest of the NHL. It's all about him necessarily. He he hasn't stepped up and just been part of the team or been willing to be publicly part of the team. It's it's all kind of been about him, and that just makes it really really hard. And I don't. That that's not a that's not lose kind of player.
0: No, no. I think uh, I think you're right. I don't I don't see a scenario where he. I mean, it, the Islanders would have to be completely decimated by injuries up front. Yeah. I would think. Um, and I think one other interesting thing that he did mention in the interview was that he he sort of very casually dropped that he saw a therapist this past off season. Uh, and I don't really like. It's not. I'm not comfortable too comfortable with anybody talking about that kind of stuff. If he wants to talk about it, that's great. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's you know he's always been and i think we've talked about this before he's a smart guy and i think he knows he knows that he can't continue on this path of you know getting uh, being outspoken or not necessarily doing what he needs to be doing um and having it be every year you know i think uh, mm-hmm. i think he it sounded like he you know made the most of his time away he was working out with his off-season trainers he was skating spending time with his family um, doing some things that he liked to do, but uh, but also trying to work on himself, and maybe that's uh, you know that's a path he can go down when the season's over and and spend the next off season doing that because you need to be able to you know if he's going to get any contract offers anywhere, whether it's the Islanders extending him uh, on another one year deal or or you know even as far as going to the KHL, I think teams need to know that they can count on him, and and mm-hmm. you hope at age 23 24 that he's starting to see that um, you know the the maturity that that seems to have been missing for a lot of his pro career may start to seep in and, and make him realize that, uh, that you can't it's not about anybody else anymore there, there's no team people are being unfair or treating me unfairly or being singled out you just have to just have to knuckle down and, and go along it's just, it's the way of pro sports it's not necessarily the way of life but it certainly is the way of no. yeah. pro sports and being a team player.
1: Good Lord, that was well said. <laughs> That's that not what really we come well here said. for. Oh well, no, it was you. really well said. No, that, that that was perfect. You must be, you know, you must be in the media or something. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's you know, I like I
0: say, whenever I talk to him, you know, and I, and it's good, I think, for people to hear uh, directly from Josh sometimes because when yeah. I am writing stories, I think sometimes people can be you can be accused of picking and choosing certain quotes, but You know, I think Josh is, he's very open. You know, he says what's on his mind and he's, uh, Mm. and he's thorough in, in his thoughts. Um, they can be a little confusing or at odds sometimes, but, um, he's always interesting. So I'm interested, I'm interested to see where it goes from here for him. Um, Bridgeport's not headed to the playoffs. So I imagine sometime in, you know, early mid April, he'll be, he'll be, uh, done with them and probably done with the Islanders organization. And then, um. And then it's uh, you know it's whether someone else wants to take a chance on him. It's um, it's been a, it's been quite a quite a saga these last five years uh, yeah. since the Islanders drafted him uh, when a lot of other teams wouldn't late late in the first round. So um, yeah, it's I, you know it's not I don't I don't want to say it's sad. There's definitely sad things in life, and this is not one of them. It's just definitely curious.
1: It's the one thing uh, to go on that side being the player. It's hard not to take everything personal. And it's hard not to be emotional about it. But, but that's what you need to learn being a professional, whether it's the American League, whether it's the NHL. You need to understand that too, that, that, that this is professional. This is just your job. You can't get emotional about it. And, and that's kind of part of what I kind of see him getting stuck in, that, that he's getting stuck with the emotional. He's getting stuck with the personal. Uh, and just hopefully he finds a way through it because he is one heck of a talented hockey player. Well, thanks,
0: everybody, for listening. Thank you, Mark. Uh, we'll be back again next week uh, with our post-trade deadline show, and uh, we'll see what's transpired before then. It's also the day of an Islander, the last Islander-Ranger game, and suddenly the Rangers are creeping up behind the Islanders. So going to be a lot going on next week. Uh, we'll be here to break it all down for you. So thanks again, and we'll catch up with you soon.